How do you get to heaven from here? That was the question posed in the university sociology class. Take the test. You get to heaven by A, obey the Ten Commandments and go to church regularly. B, live a good life and don't harm anyone. C, there is no heaven or hell. When you're dead, you're dead. D, none of the above. The college teacher polled the class for their answers. Approximately 28 of the 30 or so, or so students chose A or B above with the teacher selecting A. What did you answer? I was a student in that sociology class. I raised my hand and when acknowledged by the instructor, I asked whether he would accept Jesus Christ as the authority on how to get to heaven. He said he would. I explained that according to Jesus Christ, both answers on the blackboard were incorrect. I quoted Jesus Christ in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You, the reader, and I, the writer, will soon die and stand before God to give an account of our lives. Have you made your peace with God? Have you believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you repented and forsaken your sinful past? If your answer has been no... Click on the Further with Jesus and settle the issue today. Today will be the best day of your life, and tomorrow will be better. Now for today's subject. God said, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God said, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. God said, Matthew chapter 15, verse 37, By thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Man said the concept that someone named God spoke the universe into existence, and that man can harness that same kind of power is laughable. Now the record. I know it sounds bizarre, but the concept of dominant victory is real. This is part four in the Life Series. This series is designed to unlock the marvelous power of dominant victory, not just an occasional great day, but the literal systematic ability to manufacture in Jesus' name one magnificent day after another, which with each day, excuse me, becoming progressively better. An instant replay review of parts one, two, and three follows. Life series part one, who is God? One, God is the creator of all spiritual and physical things. Following his owner's manual, the Holy Bible delivers optimal life. Two, God is truth. Two plus two equals four and 3.9 just won't do no matter how reasonably it is presented. God has zero tolerance. That's the nature of truth. Three, God is light. God is the illuminator and life giver of all that pertains to man, both spiritually and physically. The secret to Proverbs 4.18 is Route 7 North, obedience. Number four, God is love, and his love is surely not unconditional. His love is solely found in his only begotten son, Christ Jesus. Five, God is the God of fierce judgment. He is not to be trifled with. Hebrews 2, verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Six, God requires true fidelity. Only the first voice will do, and cherubims guard the way. Life Series Part 2, Who Am I? 1. All mankind are sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. 2. Because of the fall, we were all spiritually stillborn. 3. The only way of escape is to be born a second time. 4. At this moment, 
You can only be in one of two conditions, born again or not. Five, salvation is a journey that is finally completed when we see Jesus face to face and become as he is. Six, basic carnal traits are extremely hard to detect. Seven, every man's way is right in his own eyes. Eight, we see ourselves as smarter, more skilled, and more appealing than we actually are. Nine, your heart is not the place to put your trust. God's word is the only sure foundation. Ten, we must approach God in humility and have an empty cup. Eleven, Jesus Christ is the only answer to this carnal dilemma. Life Series Part 3, A Blessable Place. One, there is a blessable place known as Job's Hedge. Two, there is a place that Satan recognizes as the hedge of protection, a barrier that he cannot breach. Three, if Satan knows what this hedge of protection looks like, it is critical that you and I do too. Four, God mentioned four attributes of Job that he found admirable. A, Job was perfect. Remember the apple. B, Job was upright. C, Job feared God. D. Job eschewed evil. 5. Our days can be like the days of heaven upon the earth. 6. The blessable place requires faith and obedience to the word of God. This is part 4, titled, Learning to Talk. The very first commandment Jesus Christ gives his disciples just before he ascended into heaven is recorded in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. The apostles and disciples faithfully waited for ten days. Then on the day of Pentecost, a Jewish feast day comparable to Thanksgiving, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's noteworthy that during the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, not only was the church empowered by God, but he harnessed their tongues. For more information concerning the Holy Ghost, click on to the following links. After a believer surrenders his life to Jesus Christ, the process of harnessing the tongue begins. James chapter 3 verse 2. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. The importance that God places on the tongue, the disseminator of words, is critically pivotal to one's salvation and certainly to dominant victory. 
Why is such importance placed on such a little member as the tongue? The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature article, Everything Made of Words. If God created our beings and all that we see out of words, then there should be proof everywhere of this truth, and there is. This wisdom is one of the greatest secrets of all time. All things, your home, your computer, your car, your body, and the world, etc., are literally framed out of words, God's words. To man, such a concept is bizarre and hard to fathom, but this feature will simply once again prove the veracity of the Holy Word of God. Years ago, I was talking to a man about Jesus Christ. He told me that what I had to offer was just words, as though words were of no consequence. I asked him, What if I can prove to you that all things are created from words? He answered me in a challenging tone, Try it! The following explanation ensued. I asked him how he arrived at the event we were attending. He said he had driven up in his car. I told him I would prove that his auto was a simple compilation of words. I explained, long before the first car was ever created, a man rode down the road in a horse-drawn buckboard, taking all day to do what that takes just minutes in our modern vehicles. He thought, boy, I'd love to have a horseless carriage. Those were silent words within his head. He went home and grabbed a tablet and pencil and wrote down his plan to create a horseless carriage, written words. I asked the man with whom I was speaking what we had so far, and he rightly responded, words. Next, the excited inventor went out into the field and dug up some iron ore that God had spoken into existence out of that which is invisible, processed it into steel, and drove away in the first car his horseless carriage. I asked my friend, what is a car made of? He responded, words. Everything is made of words, God's words. Even when a person becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus, he literally speaks himself into existence. This is the first supernatural act as a son of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. End of quote. For some of the latest scientific discoveries concerning the concept of everything being made of words, click on to the following links. Learning to speak the language of unfeigned faith is such a marvelous thing. When we become born again, we enter the invisible kingdom of God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. This new life in the invisible kingdom has a totally new language. Speaking this new language is imperative. Because everything is made out of words, the words we speak actually create things. Jesus commands the Christian the following in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Loving everybody is a requirement of godliness. Is there somebody in your life's history that you do not love? Do you want to correct this issue? In this early demonstration of, of the power of words, we can transform the circumstances. Take an honest moment and make a mental list of those you do not love. Think of each one for a few seconds. 
Now we will apply godly words. While thinking of the people in your mental list, repeat with me out loud. Are you ready? I love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody. Now maintain this confession regardless of the situations that arise and you'll be free from bitterness, excuse me, no matter how carnally justifiable it is. Bitterness is the fruit of evil and it kills. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God redeems and destroys by the power of words. Does God know something that we don't? Consider the literal power of words, for it is conspicuous at every level of existence. One unique thing about the spoken word is that it is kinetic energy. When you begin to contemplate the awesome, indescribable energy of the words of God, words laden with perfect information, everything becomes possible. Words are foundational to all that life delivers. So, dominant victory requires that I learn to harness my tongue. This feature, part four, will be delivered in two sessions. Its concepts, words, need time to percolate down into the soul. Session two, God willing, will be a demonstration of supernatural proportions. Prepare to be empowered. Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue.